0: Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And hey, keep your mouth shut, 50. I lead by example. With
1: Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a
0: championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well,
2: you can take this ball out the real south on but you can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little real deeper.
0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to After the Snap. My name is Blake Ferguson. I'm here with my trusty steed, Reed. Ooh, that kind of rhymed. And we you did
2: not do that on purpose. I did
0: not. We are your guides through all things long snapping, all things football, and all things skis. Reed, I want to start with. Something that I saw that is concerning to me in the direction we are moving as a society. And There
2: are so many ways you could go with that. I'm extremely intrigued
0: well, it's, to
2: hear your follow-up.
0: It's not going to go where you think it's going to go. Can we stop having people throw out the first pitch that cannot get it to the person behind home plate please please
2: are you are you talking about mcgregor
0: yes that was okay. horrendous absolutely I, I atrocious
2: couldn't agree more i'll tell you what i have thought about this before would it be that hard to when they're bringing them into the into the into the stadium, right? They get them through security, whatever. You're gonna, hey, blah blah blah. You're gonna throw out the first pitch. It's not really ever advertised, right? Who throws out a first pitch? Just kind of, it just kind of happens. Oh, by the right? way,
0: this is who's throwing out the oh, first. By pitch. the way, yeah, like
2: yeah. like, there's probably not one person in the stands at that game who knew. Conor McGregor was going to throw out the first pitch that game, right? They didn't say, oh, I'm going to the game because Conor McGregor, right? Right. Oh, that's cool because we're going, hey, we're going to watch the first pitch because Conor McGregor's throwing it out. Right. Now, when they get Conor McGregor in the stadium, take him to the batting cage and see if he can throw. And please, for the love of all that is holy, do not throw with a suit on. What are you doing? Get a jersey. Be a normal human being. Why are you throwing in a fitted custom suit, slim cut? Why? I don't understand. I saw the video once and I saw all I needed to see. Wear a jersey like a normal person throwing out a first pitch at a baseball game. And maybe you wouldn't throw it in the visitor's dugout.
1: I will say the suit probably works best if you're throwing out the first pitch in Miami. You kind of look like Don Johnson from Miami Vice. Okay. That's the one place.
2: Even Miami. It, but it's got to be a white suit. It's got to be a white suit.
0: It has to be like full-on Miami Vice. I just thought yeah. that, No, I don't. I thought that that was comical because it's almost gotten to the point now where it's it, it seems like they're doing it on purpose. Like, who can throw out the most outrageous first pitch just to see how viral we can go? And I think.
2: I mean, it's, it, you, I think you have it started, a point.
0: I think it started with 50 Cent because 50 Cent. That was cent, the
2: worst one I've ever seen.
0: It was the worst one I've ever seen. And I would say that McGregor is now the worst that I've ever seen, but I don't know that he actually didn't do it on purpose. I mean, like, did they tell him. I wouldn't him, put it past him as <laughs> did much they tell of an him, entertainer. Hey, did they, Go ahead. Did they tell him, "Hey, throw it at the backstop"? You know, outside of the third base line. Like, the
2: backstop. The backstop dude. is behind the catcher, not in the dugout. <sighs> Hate to admit it. Yeah, I mean, Fifty Cent was bad. I mean, you got the one guy. I think it was in Boston. One like some. I don't remember who threw it, but some some camera guy like way off to the side got hit in the area. That's hilarious. I mean. There's so many bad ones.
0: I remember that. I I don't remember when that happened, but I I remember that vividly like watching that the next morning on It was Sports more night. recent than you probably yeah. think. Yeah, I think I might have been in college or something, but that was <clears throat> hilarious.
1: Well, Reed, you have a first pitch under your belt. Blake, when are you going to throw out a first pitch at a Miami Marlins game?
0: Well, apparently, Chris, I can't believe you remember that. Apparently they did they do each year. They would always like bring the rookie class in for the Dolphins to throw out the first pitch at the Marlins game, but because I came in in a COVID year, we did not get that opportunity to do that. They did it's like
2: they should make that up to you.
0: They did have Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips our two first round draft picks do it this year. I don't know. I mean, I would have loved Did you at least to have, get a free jersey or something? I would have loved to have thrown out the first pitch. No, I didn't get any Marlins attire either. Well, I do like going to the games. I've been to a couple of games with our friend Jose at uh, Biscayne Bay Brewing. He's uh, with them being the official craft beer of the of the Marlins. They he he loves hosting me and some of my friends. That's my extent of next- Marlins
1: Next season, I want to see you throw out a first pitch at a Marlins and Braves game. Ooh. Find the connections, make it Where are happen. Where the Marlins AAA, a- th-
2: like where's their minor league? Do you have any idea? Okay, never mind.
0: I'm I'm a bad Miami uh, resident. Well, in other news, we are going to completely skip everything dealing with the NFL Recap as it relates to week two, and we're just going to skip right on to week three because that's just what we're going to do.
2: No comment. <laughs> no comment.
0: If that's fair, if I'd probably must, pull the. I'd
2: probably pull the same plug if I if I was on the flip side. So I, I can't I can't argue with that.
0: If we must, I had a very enjoyable time seeing you and our other family members in town. That was. About the most enjoyable thing about the weekend. Fair. On another note, our dear beloved Uncle Scott said he feels left out because he has not been invited onto the pod yet. So I would, I told him that I would run it by you and see what we can do about getting him a uh, a recurring guest role on our podcast.
2: Yeah, there's uh... alternate with Dad. Yeah, there's maybe we can get them on at the same time. Oh,
0: that would be that would be something. They'll have to talk. Just about Just let them
2: bounce off of yeah. each other. I'm sure that would be a blast. we will
0: have to talk about the March Madness chaos.
2: <clears throat> Did you uh, happen to watch Monday Night Football? I know I, that I, I I know I like to watch the primetime games. I know you are kind of back and forth. Like after Sunday games, you don't really like to come home and watch the late games.
0: I am. Did you watch I Packers Lions? I am usually hit or miss on. Monday Night Football, and Thursday Night Football. This week, for the first time ever, not that it's all that astounding because it's the second week they've ever done it, I watched the manning broadcast of Monday Night Football. It was probably the coolest thing ever.
2: I regret not tuning in. I actually completely forgot that it was a thing this week. I I saw some chatter, obviously, because it... Last week, I think it was Raiders Ravens last Monday Night Football. When I saw, I didn't I didn't watch the channel, but I saw kind of some clips during the game of some of the stuff they were, some of the snippets that they were doing uh, on on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. But I didn't tune in last night. But after all of the praise that you have been giving it, I think I will be tuning in ne- from from now on because. ESPN just hasn't been able to figure it out with the booth. I liked Gruden when he was there, when he was in the booth.
0: Spider-2 Y banana baby.
2: Yeah, it's just they haven't been able to figure it out in a couple okay. years. I'll 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 be tuned into the Manning broadcast. What was the tell give me give me like a little bit of a rundown on what you thought was funny or something cuz we both yeah. we both love Peyton, obviously he's a great personality, right. but How does that play on TV?
0: The way that they've got it set up, they are not actually at the game. They are in their own different studios, I would assume probably in their basement or somewhere. So they're separate, but they're both watching the game on on television and Mm -hmm. reacting kind of as the plays are happening. It's interesting to me to like see them seeing the game and like watching them watch the football because – they watch it obviously in a completely different way from the however many million 13.8 million viewers that were also watching along with them on that broadcast. I that was number 1 what I thought was cool is like being able to see them watch the game and then also they had several different guests on throughout the broadcast and that was probably my favorite part was I turned it on. I turned it on late. So I caught about half of Rob Gronkowski, then turned it off early because I was going to bed. And so I missed uh, Brett Favre and Pat McAfee, which now that I know that they were on there, I would have 100% stayed up because we both love Pat. And then I was actually able to meet Brett Favre at LSU. So would have loved to you know, hear him hear him on there as well but funniest thing was um and that kind of made waves across the the country was gronk telling the world that he doesn't watch film at all he said that his ipad has been dead since like the spring and he only watches film when they're like showing it on the screen in the team room
2: that's um one hilarious two uh i think very fitting Given, because him and well, him and Brady obviously were so good in New England. Yeah, it's kind of just like they're on they're on their own wavelength, right? Like,
0: well, that was that was what he said. Is is you know Tom watches hours upon hours of of this film, and he said, "No, nah, I just he said I run quote I I just run by guys if I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good, and so <laughs> that's just how he if he shows up and he's feeling good, he's he's just on." I, I thought that that was. Pretty entertaining of him to say.
2: In the notes you put, the viewership and how much it increased. I mean, that's actually incredible how much it shot up uh, week to week. Uh, And I mean, thirteen point eight million viewers. That's that's only is that combined broadcast?
0: Is that that's ESPN and Manning? No, that is just the Manning broadcast. Did eight that did thirteen point eight one million viewers. And it increased one hundred and thirty-eight percent over last week's number, so it's it's more than doubled uh, because of all the positive feedback that they've gotten. And, so I'm uh,
2: curious how much main ESPN got.
0: Well, that's you know. that's the thing is they haven't they haven't released it yet. So for reference, the Sunday night football game, the Chiefs Ravens game, did twenty point eight million on average.
2: Chris. Can you give some context? You to have those to
1: also. Well, you have to also factor in the restaurant industry Correct. into this. So, if you're if you own a bar, you're not you're not putting on wow. Peyton and Eli. You're putting on the main telecast. Right. So you got to you got to throw that right. into the so numbers. That, but, that
0: would be more individual households, mostly individual households, which to me is is crazy impressive.
1: I am I am one of those of the I watched the main telecast Raiders and Ravens week 1 and Monday night I did watch Peyton and Eli over the main telecast.
0: I did see and you know you read you mentioned that you had not seen it and that you're going to I did see that they are only doing 8 more throughout the rest of the season. So it doesn't sound like that they're oh. on for all 17 or 18 weeks of the season. It sounds like they've only done they've only signed up for ten, which I would guess would be the first probably the first ten weeks or something like that. And then they'll decide, okay, are we gonna do the last eight weeks of the season? If you're going to watch, you have eight weeks to do so.
1: It's only up for, for the I think the first ten okay. weeks is only what they're contracted to do. And then I think they're gonna revisit for next season, which by the numbers, you're gonna want to do it yeah. again next season. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you're talking, if you're talking 20.8 million ish for Sunday night football, and 13.8 million are watching the the Manning broadcast, that's a huge. That's that's a huge chunk of those people that are probably the same people. If you call it, you know, 20.8 million total watching the game, that's a huge chunk.
2: Yeah, there's probably a 65
1: percent carryover there. Did you guys hear the? Um comments from Lane Kiffin that he threw out the suggestion that the Ole Miss Tennessee matchup should be done by Peyton and Ooh, Eli no but
2: that, that would, would be, be, great, be really good considering Lane has coached at both places moving on we uh, will be announcing our week two after the snap clutch snap of the week Drum roll, please The week two after the snap clutch snap of the week goes to rookie Cameron Cheeseman of the Washington football team. He had the game winning field goal snap on Thursday night football last week after a field goal was missed because uh, uh, and called back because of a penalty. So kudos to him.
0: Shout out, uh, Cameron. That is,
2: yeah, shout out to Cameron. One of our guests. One uh, of our
0: former guests Podcast guests. Guest. Yeah. Yes.
2: So I'll be, uh, I'll be seeing him in Buffalo this weekend. Uh, they travel up here for Sunday 1 o'clock. So just a brief overview. They had, I think, a 47-yard uh, field goal to uh, win the game on Thursday night. They were down by two and uh, snapped it, and they kicked it and missed. I think it was uh, just outside the right. I think it was a little wide right. And one of the defensive tackles, I think, in the A-gap, uh, got called for offsides. so lined up and forty two yard field goal to win the game uh perfect snap perfect hold and they drilled it right through so uh, good for cameron uh, that's a big uh, that's a big snap for uh you know for for being a rookie so uh, congrats to him
1: let me ask you guys this so penalty on the initial kick that was missed have you guys ever been a part of a situation like that where there was a penalty on a kick that was missed and then on the retry you also missed because a lot of the national media on that kick over the week was that that generally like, never happens when there's a penalty on an initial kick that is missed and then the retry like almost 100% goes through. Yeah, nothing, nothing immediately
2: comes to mind. I mean, I, I don't think that I've had any personally –
1: i
0: haven't either
2: and i can't think yeah chris i'm a, i'm i'm with you i think almost every time you get you you either get a, a a defense trying to ice the kicker and he kicks and misses or a penalty and it's called back and and it, they they kick again you you know usually they make the second kick
0: well it happened didn't it happen on monday night football didn't they not a penalty, but they, they tried to ice the kicker mm-hmm. at halftime and he missed it the first time and then he came back. Uh, yeah, Austin Siebert. Um, he missed it, and they but they had already called the timeout to ice him and then he got a retry and he he banged it through. And that was what Peyton was saying was if you give the kicker a retry, he's he's going to make it every – like if you give him two shots, he's going to make it. No, I I have never been a part of that. That happened in the same game? No, 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 no. This was the Packers. This is the Packers-Lions game, the Monday night football game. Oh, Monday night. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that was the Monday night football game. I just – that was what happened, and I I turned it off after that. Well, we have some news in the NIL world, also out of the LSU world. I pulled up Instagram today to see that our buddy – kicker, all American kicker, I should say, Cade York has inked an endorsement deal with Velveeta. And I know that Velveeta is a sponsor of the Southeastern conference and they're sort of a big shot name in the, in the football tailgating world, I should say. But what his, endorsement deal sounds like is that fans who sign up for their list or some sort of, if you go, if you like follow the link and sign up with your email, uh, you can get free queso whenever Cade lines up from 50 plus. So it seemed kind of gray. I don't know if it's like, if he makes it, makes a 50 plus yarder, then you get free queso or if you're entered into a drawing for a Velveeta you gotta, gift you card. You got to read
2: the fine print.
0: I did not follow the link. And as a host of this podcast and typer of this in our notes for this pod, I have failed you. I did not do my due diligence and I will be better next time.
2: No problem. Hey, have you been keeping up with uh, baseball?
0: A little bit. Not as much as I should be, given that the Red Sox and the Yankees are in tight playoff contention.
2: Currently, just to uh, fulfill rivalry talks, Boston is two games up. They're in the first wild card spot. The Yankees currently are tied with the Blue Jays for the second wild card spot. Then there's a handful of teams at two and a half back Oakland and Seattle. I say this as. A fan of the Yankees and you as a fan of the Red Sox, they play this weekend. This we, weekend coming up,
0: are we going to put a friend, uh, friendly wager on this? I
2: think we, sh- I think we should. Considering, I'm sorry, there the last game of the season is Sunday, October third. So we have about a week and a half left of baseball, which is crazy because I've kind of felt like it snuck up on us a little bit. But basically, the Yankees have, after tonight, they'll have nine games left, and they're losing at the moment. But I'm going to try to sneak in the wild card because I think the Rays the are far and away going to win the division.
0: What's wild to me, and we will for sure come back to the friendly wager because I think that needs to happen. What's What's wild to me is that the wild card is currently consisting of three – AL East teams. Correct. Four of the five teams in the AL East are currently on track to make the playoffs.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty impressive. I, we kind of knew that this division was going to be this good this year. I mean, yep. Red Sox can hit. Red, well, they can hit. Nobody really thought they would hit as well as they have this year. The Yankees can hit, still trying to find pitching. Uh, and Toronto obviously could potentially have a Triple Crown winner in their lineup uh, with old Vladito. It's been a fun year to follow, but I am going to be thinking about a friendly wager bet that we can have for the, after this weekend because, it, you know, a sweep either way could pummel either team.
0: So, what are you thinking?
2: So, I think I've come up with a good uh, friendly Wager, are you up to hear it?
0: I'm all ears.
2: Whoever comes out on top over this weekend, and somebody is going to win the series because it's a three game series. Whoever comes out on top, two to one or a complete sweep, the other person, so if the Yankees win two to one or three, oh, you have to wear my Yankees jersey to the home game after obviously after I see you in Buffalo on Halloween okay wear it to the next home game after Halloween
0: and vice versa
2: and vice versa if so vice when you come for Halloween we will swap jerseys depending on who wins and the home game immediately following that game the uh, the that person has to wear the the jersey of the opposing team, and get photographed officially by the team photographer. For you, you could potentially, you could potentially be wearing the jersey Sunday, uh, November 7th against the Texans, which is the week following the Halloween game in Buffalo. I could potentially wear, I would have to wait two, uh, three weeks because after we play you at home, on Halloween, we played at Jacksonville and then at the Jets, and then we are home against Indianapolis. If I had to wear a Red Sox jersey, it would be home on November 21st. Deal? Deal. We are virtually shaking. I'm sending you – I will send you a handshake emoji.
0: I think that's a great bet. I yep. have always wanted to see what you look like in a Red Sox jersey, and this is finally the time to find out. I'm looking forward to it. I can
2: only imagine if it's 1-1 after Saturday.
0: Oh, I'll have my eyes. And
2: I get to come home Sunday night and watch.
0: I will have my eyes glued. Actually, I won't. If it's a Sunday night game, we will be in Las Vegas playing some football.
2: It is the Sunday night game, 7.08 p.m.
0: It sounds like we kick off at 4.05 Eastern, and we'll be finishing right about the time that – First pitch is taking place. That means... Perfect timing. That means that we will be flying back from Vegas during that game, and I will land and see the end result.
2: See the final score.
0: Yep. All right. All right. So it's a deal. Done deal. Bring it on.
2: Um, so just to finish off uh, the, the podcast and, and kind of wrap up some baseball chat, did you happen to see... The Machado uh, Tatis scuffle.
0: I saw it come across my Twitter feed, but I didn't really watch or do any. You know, I didn't actually like open up the video until I saw you. You said something to me about it beforehand, and uh, so then I went and looked, and I heard Machado saying something to the effect of it's not about you it's not effing about you which I don't know what happened before but- Ta- so
2: Tatis, Tatis struck out looking on a like a high fastball uh, and I guess he came back to the dugout and was kind of pouting around maybe and like slamming his helmet that's kind of a little bit of the background my question to and then Machado kind of you know, he he was he was on the team they signed him to a big contract he was on the team before Tatís got called up to the majors so he's kind of they brought Machado in to be one of the foundational pieces to this to this team for the future big time right and he's had a great season they both had a great season but my question to you is what are your thoughts on Arguments like this from a leader or a perceived leader in a clubhouse or a team calling out somebody in front, uh, visibly in front of fans instead of taking it to the dugout. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I would say that I'm not 100% against it if Machado is coming at it from the right place, which I feel like he is. I feel like I Machado he is, too. I feel like, which I'm, I've never been a huge fan of Machado dating all the way back to when he was with the Orioles. And then when he was with the Dodgers the year that the Red Sox won the World Series, he struck out down to a knee, yeah, all that. I've never been a big fan of his, but I feel like he is coming at it from the right place of I'm trying to teach a young player on the team who has gotten a lot of notoriety is one of the best players in baseball that the game is still a team game and it's not, it's not all about him. Is he a big part of that? 100%. But I don't feel like he was coming at it, coming at Tatis with the intent to embarrass him with the intent to just berate him for no reason I feel like he had good reason to. And if he had waited until after the game to say something to him in the locker room, it might that, mo- that moment and that feeling that Tatis had might have passed and the same for Machado. So I think that it was probably a conversation that had to be had right then and there, and I can't say that I'm against it.
1: Chris, any thoughts? I kind of saw the dust up in the dugout between – Machado and Tatis Jr. My only question would be do you guys have a favorite brawl in a, in a dugout cuz for me one of the best ever is Barry Bonds and Jeff Kent with the San Francisco Giants. That's a classic.
2: I don't know. I I think uh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think um I think I I, I the one that comes to mind is like Big Poppy just like taking a bat and smashing, Slamming the Gatorade door. water coolers, yeah. just like destroying everything in his path.
0: But that wasn't like he wasn't. No, that's what was, I'm
2: saying. I don't know about an argument like with another player. Big,
0: nobody was going to check Big poppy at that point in his career, right? Um, so I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know to. I
2: don't know about you know.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know that I would. The reason be I well,
2: the reason I ask is well, be the reason I asked ask you about this like public of this argument being public versus private is you really don't see a lot, a lot of them in public. Usually most of these issues are taken care of behind closed doors. Like you don't see a ton of football sideline arguments, right? You don't see a lot of basketball guys in the NBA getting into it on the bench with each other. Right.
0: That was actually going to be the one that I brought up was a basketball one. When, I think it was James Harden and Chris Paul got into it on the bench, and like, and one of them like slapped the other person's hand away, like because there are obviously things that happen from time to time, and you know it, it's not all that often. But I would say that baseball is not really where you see it as much because I've I, the ones that stick out in, at least in my mind are football or in in basketball, like you know Odell screaming at somebody on the sideline or, you know, whoever screaming at somebody on the sideline and then it's, and then it's just done. You like, you never hear about it ever again. Yep. But maybe the baseball baseball ones are more memorable.
2: I think I'm pretty much with you. I think there's a time and place. And like you said, it maybe that issue needed to be taken care of more immediately than, than, you know, than later on. I don't know. I just thought I didn't really have a to have a huge opinion. I just thought it was interesting because it created it it created some big waves yeah. in the baseball the baseball online community. I just thought it was it was interesting, and you know, I, I think another thing that played it, played a big part in it is they're fighting for a playoff spot, right? And they they the Padre, you know, they started out so good this season, and they had kind of high expectations, trading and signing a bunch of big names and they've kind of not lived up to those expectations and I I believe they're actually out of a wild card spot right now. So there's probably a lot of tension in that clubhouse at the moment. Yeah, they're they're 5 games out of a wild card spot. So, you know, that's probably that's probably a big reason why they have kind of why they, why they flared up a little bit, I would, I would think.
0: Yeah, it sounds like they've got some, uh, some hoping and wishing to do along with some winning as they round out their last couple of games this season. But I believe that that is a wrap for this week's pod. We are always mm-hmm. grateful for you guys sticking around here with us and tuning in on a weekly basis. As always, you can find us on social media at after the snap pod on Instagram and Twitter. This has been after the snap tales from two brothers who live life upside down.